0: Plus, my good friend right here next to me on StreamYard, all of his stuff that he's doing, which includes, of course, the NBA Draft Junkies. Of course, Dash Radio. And, of course, whoo, I cannot believe it when I heard him the other day on it. I'm just so proud. I feel like I've, I've helped him out in some way. I'm so proud. It is a good man indeed. It is Raphael Barlow from the Locked On Podcast Network and the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. My friend, it's so great to have you back here once again.
1: Thanks. Yeah, it feels like it's it's been a while.
0: Oh, man. When I, when I heard you the other day, it's just it brought tears to my eye, man. It's just so <laughs> awesome to hear you. you. You're moving up in the world. You've got all these things going on. I mean, I just appreciate you taking, especially even now more so, taking the time to go ahead and speak to me because I know your time is even more valuable than before, but tell me about, first off, in fact, tell everybody out there what you're doing now and how you're affiliated with the awesome Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Yeah, first of all, thank you for, you know, helping me get started. So you were like the first podcast that I was on that had a following. I think maybe one other guy had me on and it was probably just me and him that <laughs> that heard it. But no you you helped me out a lot as far as just um, getting started and I remember asking you for advice on how to upload the anchor and all of that and it just kind of moved fast for me. I think I did about 60 episodes on the for the NBA draft junkies podcast which now I have to disable because I signed a contract to do some NBA draft content for locked on and and how, how that opportunity came about was, their, their guy, I think his name is Josh Lloyd. He does locked on fantasy sports and mm-hmm. he reached out to me and, about being a guest on his podcast. And I said, yeah, I, I would do it. And it, the times are weird because he's based out of Australia. And for me, it was, it was a situation where I was actually traveling from Detroit and I was driving. And um, I think by the time I, I, I ended up getting the information for as far as me having to drive it was um, it was after I had planned that particular episode and part of me wanted to cancel, but what I ended up doing was stopping in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. I made sure I, well, I ended up finding a college town. I stopped and uh, just kind of did the interview in the lobby of a hotel. And little did I know that that would open the door for this opportunity now because David Locke, the, the founder of the network, heard it. And he reached out to me. Uh, a few months back, and then, um, yeah, and it just kind of went from there. I mean, we talked a little bit here and there, and then finally, just got everything done last week. So I've done two episodes. I have uh, my my version of the the podcast. It's locked on NBA Draft to be Mondays and Thursdays. So check it out if you're not subscribed. Please subscribe, and um, yeah. So it's just it'll be the same me, same content, just bigger platform.
0: Uh, that I'm so happy for you, my friend. It's well-deserved, well-earned. But what's the future for NBA Draft Junkies as a whole?
1: Uh, nope, nothing's changed. Okay, but the <laughs> audio version? Uh, well, I'm going to put, as far as the NBA Draft Junkies podcast, no, I can't put it on, you know, I, I can't have an NBA Draft Junkies podcast. But what I am going to do, which is making it a lot more work for me, is that the podcast that I do for Locked On? I am going to put on a YouTube channel. Okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah. I just want with to the website. Sure that- nothing's changing with that. Um, yeah, I mean the podcast is disabled. You know, if, if there is a situation where you know I have to separate or you know whatever, then I still have it. So I am not like completely getting rid of the podcast, but and I, I still have my Dash Radio show. So Sundays are going to be busy for me because. I have two shows that need to be done on Monday morning. And then probably what I do with Dash is I'll have different guests on for Dash and I kind of use it as a, a platform to help other people grow their their podcast. and And the thing about Dash is I haven't seen the numbers. (laughs) I don't know if I should probably be saying that right now, but I haven't seen the numbers. I don't know if I'm getting a million downloads or 18 downloads. So
0: that's okay. That's okay. My friend, because nobody knows the real numbers for any streaming outlet either. So nobody knows who's doing well or whatnot, unless you're on Netflix. So don't even worry about that, man.
1: Well, the thing about, um, you know, this thing with the locked on, they have access to the stats and they, You know, I can see the downloads. I can see it compared to the other locked on channels and all that. So that's good is that I can definitely see, you know, just have better access to seeing what's going on. So I like that.
0: Well, that's better because then it can drive you forward. You can say, okay, I want to get to this level. I want to get to this Mm -hmm. level. It drives you more. It drives you to doing even better, to doing even uh, grander shows, to doing something that you really want to keep on going forward.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's definitely a lot more pressure. Got to have a little bit more hot take-ish type headlines to, to draw the numbers. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 a little bit of adjustment. It's a lot harder than freestyling. I'm yeah. doing a podcast. It's a lot more structure to it. Ad reads and breaking the show down into like three different segments. So I, I it's taken a while. Like My first episode probably took me like six to eight hours for a 30 minute show. And I mean, I know it's a lot more because I'm doing video also, but my, my goal is to like really take advantage of this opportunity and see where it leads.
0: I'll tell you what it is well worth it. I mean, hearing your show compared to a lot of the others on podcast networks, wherever, as far as what you're doing out there is truly incredible. I mean, it came off so crisp, so clear, so fluid. It was just so awesome. And the ad reads, I felt like buying all the stuff there just because (laughs) you were talking about it. So, I mean, right there for you, that that tells you you're going to be doing a great job for the Locked On Podcast Network, and I look forward to hearing you on many more episodes of the Locked On NBA Draft, or however the Locked On Podcast will go ahead and convince you to talk about everything out there. I'm hoping that you will get an opportunity to go on the Locked On Blazers, because I know that they're your favorite team, so I'm hoping you'll get the opportunity to go ahead and be on that show as well so i know yeah, that's something maybe. you're you, maybe you know, you know you said you liked that show you said you listened to it so i know that's yeah. something that uh, I, I would probably be awesome for you to do but and then again anything that you're doing the locked on podcast network i know is greatly appreciated by them and is greatly appreciated by the listeners as well but today we've got a lot to talk about here in fact we are at the all-star break wow. otherwise known as a <laughs> trip to somewhere For a lot of these NBA players, you know, they're probably going to their destination right now. They're already in transit already. Mm -hmm. And for the unlucky few that are getting together in Atlanta for the NBA All-Star Game. And I'm sure LeBron is thrilled at this point to be doing it at this point. So, you know, going down and possibly getting with another, what, 20, 25 individuals that are from all different points of the country, you know. No risk there. No risk there. But I didn't get your thoughts initially on the NBA All-Star game itself. Are you okay with the decision? Because I don't think it's the smartest thing to do, personally. Not yet, anyways.
1: Well. I know why they're doing
0: it. but Yeah, I mean,
1: financially. But I don't know if it's much more of a risk than (laughs) playing the games anyway. So. You know, when you, you know, for example, if the Lakers play the Celtics, you got the whole Lakers traveling party and the whole, you know, Celtics team and all that. And I mean, at the end of the day, if they're playing basketball, you know, like some of the stuff just didn't make sense to me anyway. Like the no handshake rule. I, I think that has I don't know if they get rid of that. And there's,
0: I, I yeah, they must have because when you see uh, what is Lamelo Ball and I think was it Lillard or Carmelo Anthony, they were trading jersey and they're all yeah. hugging and yeah, you know, it's like the normal stuff you see after the game. It's like give it a rest, NBA. Come on, they're not. Yeah, I mean, stop.
1: Like, how can I defend you and and play forty minutes? Yeah. Defense, but I can't. So yeah. So I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't think that the All Star game is is. Um, much different like i said i mean I, to me the biggest concern is the players that aren't in atlanta because oh, you got true. guys that are going to be going home to their families or going on vacations and going to cabo and all of that and so i think that's going to be the biggest challenge is that once all-star break is over how long are they going to wait i mean i think the schedules already out well it, it is already out but yeah I think the numbers are going to skyrocket because you know I mean guys are just going to do what they normally do you know I it's mean, about I a think... week
0: from it's about a week from today I think that's when they start up the games so what and I think if that's the case there could be a, a big issue what 2 3 weeks down the line yeah. when we're going to see a lot start seeing some cases I I have a feeling that we're going to see some canceled games around then. I think that's an excellent point. I mean, you're right on the money with that. But what are you going to do, my friend? I mean, they needed some time off. They've been at it hard and heavy. I mean, day in, day out, back to backs, uh, you know, uh, what, three three games in five days you've seen. the. I mean, a lot of these teams are very tired hitting the break. I know the Lakers are. I mean, you can see it uh, on their faces. You can see it with LeBron. He, You know, he's not been able to give you what what, uh, I think a lot of people were hoping were with the absence of AD. But going into the break, as we see now, the Lakers right now standing in third place, thanks to the Clippers losing to last night. Uh, But I want to hear your thoughts on overall in the NBA. Tell me some of the teams that have surprised you. I mean, this goes back to our conversation just before. In fact, our season preview that we did together Tell me about some of the teams that have surprised you to this point.
1: Um, I mean, if you factor everything in, Portland being 21-14, missing two starters, that's somewhat of a shock to me. I thought once CJ and Nurk went down that the Blazers would be struggling to, you know, just kind of be around like 500, especially playing a lot of games in the West. And um, they're playing well. I mean, they're 21-14. and With two starters gone, um, you can arguably say that if they were healthy, they could possibly have one of the better records in the NBA. Denver got off to a slow start, but they've they've picked it up. Atlanta, I thought Atlanta would be would be better. I mean, they've dealt with some injuries, also. They're still under five hundred. Would they be one of your biggest
0: disappointments? Because that's what I was going to go into next.
1: Yeah, they could be. I mean, the biggest surprise was the Knicks. They're in fifth place game over 500 and uh and with miami being 18 18 like if you would have told me at the all-star break the knicks would have a better record than the heat i would have <laughs> told you you're crazy so that's to me that's the biggest surprise well they've
0: done a great job a lot of smoke and mirrors there uh, emmanuel quickly is somebody that i mean it surprised everyone i mean yeah. like i told you before i was maybe one of the people that were higher on him but even i thought you, you know that best he was going to be at where he was picked, but that he would play like where he was picked. You know, that individual that gives you a couple good performances here or there, maybe, and shows some some signs of life, but is not going to be a rotational player yet. Well, he has surprised a lot of people and helped out the Knicks immensely. R.J. Barrett's been a lot more solid. Of course, we know Julius Randall. A lot of that bicycling around that area near you must have helped out because he's truly playing some spirited basketball, an all-star right there. They've been actually doing a great job under Tibbs. I agree with you. I think they are one of the big surprises out there. I think another surprise you got to talk about is San Antonio. I mean, even yeah. though they did lose their last game, I believe San Antonio is still mired in seventh place right there in the middle of the dogfight in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. So I want to hear your thoughts. Quietly. Thought. quietly, quietly. Nobody's yeah. even talking about them.
0: Nobody at all. DeMar DeRozan's been extremely solid for that team. As a playmaker, does that surprise you? I mean, because DeMar DeRozan never came off to me as someone who could go ahead and average six assists you know, in a game and give you that kind of extra things outside of just scoring. And, and he's doing that, and he's making sure this team gets to at least – maximizing its level under Popovich. I mean, I thought there would be on an arc where they would be going ahead and looking at trading a lot of those veteran assets. Now yeah. I'm thinking at a point they need to make a playoff stretch run.
1: Yeah, and they're playing a lot of young guys too. Yeah. So they, they've been really impressive. I mean, I think last year in the bubble, DeRozan was literally playing like the four, but also initiating the offense. So it's one of those things with NBA players you never really know what they can or can't do until you see them in a different system or, you know, like Julius Randle, for example, he was always somewhat a a pretty decent passer, but he got in this system with Tibbs and I mean, he's, he's putting up like crazy numbers, like the scoring, the rebounds and the passing. And um, yeah. So I just think like DeRozan is a guy that in Toronto, he never really, had a chance to show that he was a playmaker in San Antonio. They have point guards, but no, re- I mean, their point guards are like scorers, or they're not really much of, you know, table setters or initiators. And DeRozan has filled in and he he's done a good job. So like I said, some, some guys are just, you just don't know what they're capable of until you see them in a different system.
0: Exactly, I couldn't said it better myself, and I think you're right on that. I mean, there's a lot of surprises I think out there because of I think is, is it. Do you think that there's a lot more surprises out there this year, including Charlotte, which uh, is doing a sensational job? Uh, you know, those guards on that team have have really done a number. I mean, Lamelo Ball. I think you should already go ahead and hand him the Rookie of the Year trophy yeah. right now. I think it's about time you already did. It's at the halfway mark. Call today, even though there's some really strong rookie performances. I don't want to go ahead and just say it's his and everybody else stunk. There's it's been a his. lot of, yeah, yeah, but it's his, but there, yeah. that, that doesn't mean there hasn't been some really good rookie performances as well. And I want to say thank you to Jamie sweet for giving us a big thumbs up. Hope was all as well with you, Mr. Admiral Akbar, laying out that trap at Sacramento, still mad at you for that, but mm-hmm. you know, my, my friend, I will say this, that you know Charlotte's been doing a great job as well. But are you surprised with all the surprises, or is this just maybe something that's happened with all the the way the, the, the schedule has been structured where a lot of teams would be struggling because of COVID and, and the losses, and a lot more that didn't suffer as many absences would be taking advantage of it?
1: I'm not too surprised because I just felt like this was a weird year, and you just didn't know – what to expect like for example Dallas they got off to such a tough start but they had so many guys that were out I remember at one point they had played 22 games and I think Luca may have been the Luca and one other person maybe Brunson was the only guy that played more than 12 so they had you know, so early in the season wasn't even a quarter of the way or just a little bit more than a quarter of the way through and they already had, like, every single rotation player had missed at least eight games. So they're, they've they turned the corner now that, that they've got healthy, healthy and, they have them, and they have some consistency in their lineup. So to me, I'm not surprised that there's so many teams that are surprising simply because it's going to be like a race as to who can stay healthy and who can have enough bodies to play games. So Charlotte, I mean, I don't think they've had, I mean, they've been playing well because simply because, you know, LaMelo and Gordon Hayward have definitely been their best two players. But I think for the most part, they've uh, also can't forget about the resurgence of Malik Monk, but for the most part, they've been healthy. And that that helps healthy and, and not having a lot of guys out due to, safety protocols is, is big at this point in yeah. this season.
0: I mean, when it comes to that guard rotation, it, it's become very impressive in Charlotte. I mean, you've got LaMelo, you've got Malik Monk, like who has exploded coming off yeah. the bench and playing some really good minutes for them, Devontae Graham, and, of course, Terry Rozier, who started the season very well for them. So they've got a yeah. nice four-guard rotation and maybe... You know, Graham some,
1: lost like, a lot of money.
0: Yeah, I mean... He, they, <laughs>
1: I just felt like if this season had, could not have went worse for him yeah. I mean we all knew LaMelo was going to eventually start but I, I felt like he needed to come out with a strong start to be able to hold him off
0: Yeah,
1: if he would have been able to play like he played last year he would have been able to hold Melo off but he was man I want to say he's on my fantasy basketball team so I, I know how bad he's been playing but at one point he was shooting like 27% from the floor and I don't I mean, he's probably still in the low 30s at this point. Yes. And I don't know if he was just looking over his shoulder. I don't know if he was 100% healthy coming into camp. And then on top of not playing well, he's missed games with injuries. And then Melo has taken off. So he's lost a lot of money this season. But the team is a lot better. And so, you know, it's just well, that, one of those things.
0: Well, that but, puts him in a in an in interesting situation. Of course, Laker Tom is uh, – he's eyeing. Devonte graham right now for the lakers you know laker tom and his crazy trades from LakerHolics.com. so you know he's he's eyeing Devonte graham and that could be something that charlotte may look into because he now becomes a nice asset because people don't have you know they have short memories right in this league but they still remember how well Devonte graham played at one time
1: yeah i just think his salary is so low it's like the kuzma situation in a sense that Kuzma was way more valuable than his salary because he was such a low pick. I think Graham's only making like $1.6 million a year. And where can you find a a fair trade for that? Because most of the guys making 1.6 aren't even in the rotation. So um, I think it's best for them to wait it out and sign him to a contract. Then they should be able to get better assets out out of that deal. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break.
0: Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show
1: and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where Here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed.
0: They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step, bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that
1: I really enjoyed, and then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation.
0: Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted, and this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Once again, it is Rafael Barlow from the Locked On Podcast Network, Dash Radio, NBA Draft Junkies? I think he wants to go ahead and add more pieces to this, so his resume is totally filled out beyond the page. But we'll give him time to go ahead and add more components to that. But you got to go ahead and check him out on the Locked On Podcast Network, on the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast, my friend. There's you know so many surprises, but there also is some disappointments. Dallas was for a long time one of the disappointing teams in the NBA, but they have turned it around and are now in a point where if you're the Jazz, you do not want them to stay where they're at right now in eighth place. You know, the Jazz are just like, please move up higher. Please move up higher. So, you know, it's just so funny to see that right now because you start thinking about those type of positioning things right now when you're at the All-Star break. But Mm -hmm. tell me some of the disappointing teams. Obviously, Atlanta, who just let Lloyd Pierce go because of the underwhelming performance or the expectations in Atlanta were really high after all those free agent signings. Tell me about some of the other disappointing teams or if you want to include Atlanta again in that mix.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Pelicans, I thought, you know, their expectations were a lot higher right now. They're like six games under five hundred, And on paper, they look good, but they just – haven't been able to put it together. Minnesota, I mean they have the worst record in the league, 7 and 29, which is good for them because they get to keep their pick more than likely. <laughs> if they were a little better, that pick would go to Golden State. Houston is 11 and 23, just shows how important James Harden was to that franchise. Yeah. Um the Thunder are, are surprising in a good way. They have a better record than the Rockets, the Wolves, the Kings, and I think at, they had a game last week where every single player that played was on a rookie deal. Yeah, that's amazing. And so I mean, they have a they have a good program there as far as just maximizing, just maximizing their players. Um, Washington, I thought Washington would be better, but they've turned it on as of late. They were really really bad to start the season. I think they could still end up getting to number 10 in that, um, you know, that, that play-in game, or whatever, or, or the play-in um, seed or whatever. Um, Chicago, too, I thought Chicago would be better. But Chicago's dealt with injuries. I mean, Carter and Mark and just can't seem to, to be able to stay on the floor together. Phoenix has been surprisingly good. I, I wouldn't have thought that they'd be the number two seed going into the all-star break.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's advantage to them. They've played very well, uh, and they've also very, they've all, they've rallied around Chris Paul and uh, learned from his tutelage. So it just shows you what uh, bringing that type of experience can do as far as getting to the playoffs. Hasn't yeah. gotten him to the finals yet, but you never know. This could be a team that has an outside shot at it, and it, it, they're looking good right now, number two in the West. The Clippers and the Lakers, are kind of where a lot of people thought they would be. I think the Clippers would probably be, would thought would be a little bit higher. The Lakers, they thought they would be around in third or fourth place, unless you're Laker, Tom. Uh, at least I think I, I remember saying that because I thought that they would take off some games. Uh, and when it comes to the Lakers, I thought that LeBron would be off maybe seven, eight games already because of the schedule. And it turns out he's only taken one off.
1: Yeah, not
0: Yeah, that concerns me, is that, uh, you know, he has not had a chance to really rest. He's got a myriad of small injuries here and there. AD has had some considerable time off because of his injury. I mean, this is not the way I thought that the Lakers would have it. I mean, I thought they would be around there just because I thought they would coast through the season. I didn't think that they would be where they at because that's where they're at because of everything that's gone on i just it didn't seem like it's going to go ahead and turn out this way but unfortunately it has
1: well i mean i think no matter where they're seated they're still going to be the favorite to come out the west and lebron is doing lebron things like i don't even know if we could expect anything but greatness out of him at this point he's looked
0: fatigued though in the past couple weeks because more of a load has been on him
1: Yeah. He still has 10 years left in his career. So yeah.
0: Well, you tell me, you keep on telling me he's a cyborg. So
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he looks somewhat fatigued, but I mean, who, who really isn't at this point, especially guys that are playing heavy, heavy minutes and yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to be fine.
0: Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you, and I didn't mention it in our notes was the MVP race at this point in time. And I had said in as soon as a d went down, one of the things I said was that this was the time for LeBron to cement his foothold on a top spot for the MVP running. What? by the way, by the way, he would be performing in the next two, three weeks. And as we've seen in those three weeks, he has not performed a- as well as I would hope. I mean, he's had a couple really good games, like the mm-hmm. one against Phoenix, but it's not led to wins. It's not translated into wins. And I'm disappointed overall as far as the the outcome for the team during its absence. But it shouldn't go as unexpected because you have AD out, but it doesn't help his MVP chances right now. In its place, or in his place, has come a really, really good performance, one after the other after the other, by Joel Embiid. And I think right now you have to give him the slight edge I would actually put Jokic back up there because everybody was saying, okay, Jokic is having these all-star numbers, but the record was always something to be frowning upon. But now that the record is kind of decent, it puts him in that category. Damian Lillard, I think, is also somebody that people should really recognize because like you said, you uh, even you, I think, are surprised that they are where they are simply because of the fact they've had so many injuries and that has to be attributed to Damian Lillard and I think if also upon LeBron being in the mix, I think you also have to give a shout out to James Harden as well.
1: Yeah, I, I think Harden is going to end up passing and beat because the Nets are going to have the best record in the East when it's all said and done. I mean, their big three probably haven't played 10 games together. Harden is the glue. And, I mean, he's just getting to know his teammates. He still hasn't played enough games with Kyrie and 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 um, Durant yet. But the other guys, I mean, he's turned Bruce Brown into, like, a high-level role player. And, um, you know, he's just making everybody better. He's efficient. You know, he, he's just playing well. He, he's got shooters. <laughs> he's got shooters around him, like Joe Harris. I think he's probably shooting, like, 50% from three or something like that. I think that when it's all said and done, Brooklyn is going to have the best record, and then Harden is just going to be the consistent glue in that particular in that particular lineup. And so, I think that he's going to end up passing and beat.
0: That's something we'll see because then again, you have Kevin Durant coming back, and that could take away from James yeah. Harden. Although James Harden leading the league in assists right now and doing a sensational job in Kevin Durant's absence. That's why he is now has to be considered one of the candidates for the MVP. But Joel Embiid is having a fantastic season. Jokic is just having a fantastic season. Yeah. But I don't think people should be selling Damian Lillard short as well.
1: No. No, Lillard has. I mean, he's just play like, like the superstar that he is. And, I mean, the biggest thing is that Gary Trent Jr. has stepped up. And if the Blazers can get a little bit more offense out of Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington, they'd be – I mean, they're, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. Those guys are still, I think, going to be a liability when the games matter because teams aren't going to guard them, and, and there's going to be a lot of focus on Dame and CJ. But, yeah, I mean, it's a regular season award, and and the Blazers have definitely overachieved, overachieved considering – they're, they're without two starters, two key starters.
0: One other thing I want to ask you when it comes to the Blazers is, like you said, we've seen Gary Trent Jr. step up. I'm not too surprised if we remember correctly in the bubble, especially against the Lakers in that playoff series, he played yeah. with a lot of heart and was very effective from the three-point line. So I'm not surprised that he now, given the chance, has stepped up because there's been points where in this season he was buried on the bench and I remember in a game against the Lakers earlier this season, he came off the bench and just lit them up and yeah. to see him now getting a chance and getting the minutes. I'm not surprised that he's doing that well, but when it comes to Anthony Simons, someone that who we thought after he, the, those last games as a rookie, we thought he was going to blow up in two, three years. That really hasn't happened as of yet.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's tough to get consistent minutes behind and CJ. So yeah. I think that's, the only thing that's holding him back because, I mean, he was better than Trent, I want to say, his rookie year. And Trent has been able to, you know, take advantage of Rodney Hood being out and, and injuries last year in the bubble. And he's he's getting significant minutes because CJ's out and they need a bigger wing. It's tough for Simons to really shine when he's playing the same position as MVP. Yeah.
0: And his height, he's not as tall as Gary Trent Jr., so that works against him in that fashion.
1: Yeah, just different roles. I mean, yeah. Gary Trent is is uh, a guy that's a, a complimentary guy. So, you know, he's a shooter. So, I mean, a lot of his looks are created by the gravity from Dame and CJ. So if he can knock down open shots, which he's been very good at, then it's, it's a lot easier for him than than Simons, who – Like I said, he's going to play a lot of minutes behind Dame and CJ. His minutes are going to definitely decline once CJ comes back. And then, um, yeah, it's just going to be tough for him to have those particular numbers. But he – I see him as one of those guys that NBA teams have scouted him. They're probably watching him doing pregame warm-ups. And they're probably like, okay, given minutes, he's going to turn into a stud. I mean – could be similar to what happened with Jermaine O'Neal. He was young, and he just was behind Rasheed and Dale Davis and those guys. And, it and took Donnie to Walsh, Indiana. what's that?
0: It took going to Indiana really to yep. lift up his game.
1: Yep. Uh, no, Dale Davis was he was traded for Dell Davis, but yeah, he was behind uh, Brian Grant. I'm sorry, Brian Grant and and those guys. And then, um, you know, Donnie Walsh said that he watched him doing warmups, and he just saw the growth in his game. He saw. How he could shoot the ball, little stuff that he never really got a chance to see in the game because he wasn't playing, and the rest was was history. So, yeah, I wouldn't shock me if Simons is one of those guys.
0: Well, before we talk to you about what you're working on and the prospects that you're going to be looking into on upcoming episodes of the Locked On NBA Draft, wanted to go ahead and <laughs> Jamie Sweet's answering. He also didn't fill out for a couple seasons. Jermaine, oh. Uh, Yeah, he was always thin. He was always thin. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. I wanted to ask you this it's that time of the season where of course the all-star break and some maneuvers probably will be made. And one of the widely things that's speculated, in fact, I'm pretty sure it's close to being a done deal where Blake Griffin, former all-star, former Mr. Everything man for the Clippers now on Detroit hasn't really panned out due to age and injuries, something which a lot of people had planned for because his game was based so much on athleticism. And as you get older and you get injuries, it kind of builds up and, Looks like he's going to be bought out of his contract in Detroit. Where do you see him going next? I know the heavy rumors are in Brooklyn, so I'm probably going to say myself would probably be he'd be leaning in that direction.
1: Yeah, I have no clue. I'm just shocked that he gave $13 million back. That's a lot of money to give back. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the rumor says Brooklyn. I don't know where he fits in Brooklyn. Um, I don't think he feels a need because I mean, he just didn't look good this year. I mean, he, two years ago, he was MVP candidate. I mean, he, I, I think it was his best season in the NBA the, two years ago in Detroit. Uh, he's not the same player. I think he hasn't dunked in the game since 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But, yeah, as far as fit, I don't know. I just I just don't know if he's a fit in brooklyn Um, but brooklyn has a tendency to go after names so you know remember the year they had jason terry joe johnson and they just had a bunch of names that they threw out together and he does have a name but i think someone like pj tucker would be more valuable
0: yeah that would um, be someone i think a lot of teams are interested in in fact we've already heard the rumors on that already jamie sweet says he would make it back on the stand-up comedy circuit. If uh, things don't go well for him in the NBA, <laughs> yeah,
1: he, he up, a lot of money to yeah. He can do whatever he pleases.
0: It's, this is true. But to give up that when you're giving up 13 million, man, that's just must be a bad situation for them in, in Detroit. But I will say this. It's great to talk to you, my friend, but before we head on out, has your NBA finals picks changed? Because I think both you and I were the Lakers and Brooklyn with you leaning Brooklyn and me leaning the Lakers. I'm still not budging because I think a healthy Lakers team is better than anyone in the NBA. But I think that now your team that you had picked Brooklyn now looks even better than when, what you thought originally when it started.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the difference is they have three guys I mean, they have three guys that in a close game can get you a basket. And then they have Joe Harris and and they're going to get somebody in a buyout market. I don't know who it is, but you know, if Blake Griffin gave back 13, then DeAndre, I'm I'm sorry, Andre Drummond may give back. Well, I mean, he's, yeah, he may try to be bought out. So I don't know. I I still think they're going to get some pieces in, in this buyout market. It's like the the hot place to be now in some major market, which could be a reason why Blake chose he may have some type of incentive in his contract that he gets paid more money in his Jordan deal if he's in a larger market, and that wasn't happening in Detroit, so um, yeah, I mean, I just think it's gonna be tough in a close game, and right now they're they're kind of getting their defense figured out if they can just be an average defensive team. It's going to be tough to stop those three guys. I mean, they got three guys that can get their own shot at any time. And the Lakers have two. So, you know, <laughs> I think that's going to be the difference.
0: Once again, it's Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies, NBA Dash Radio, and the Locked On Podcast Network. Please check out Rafael Barlow on all those platforms each and every week as he breaks it down like nobody else on the NBA Draft before we head on out, you did a sensational podcast on some international prospects that really intrigue you with all one of them having the, one pretty much thing in common is that the playmaking ability and the skill yeah. aspect really stuck out to you with virtually all of them. I wanted to ask you this, which prospects are you looking into delving into next in upcoming episodes of the Locked On NBA Draft podcast?
1: Well, the last episode I did, which came out on Thursday, which was yesterday, was on the point guard position. So this next one I do will cover the shooting guards or the wing prospects. Mm -hmm. As far as like the player, um, you know, I think Jalen Green and Jonathan Kuminga, I mean, they're both be fall under, they will both be falling under the wing category. I'm not really going to try to break it down between twos and threes. And they're two guys that I think the NBA is hundred percent pleased with how things worked out for them and the Ignite team. Even though the Ignite team has kind of struggling a little bit, I don't know if they're gonna make the playoffs, but they've been it, competitive. Yeah, they've been competitive. I mean they got off to a hot start. They uh I mean the smartest thing they did was add like Jared Jack and put those veterans around those guys. I mean, they've accepted that the the veteran role as opposed to you know, some of the other guys and other teams are, you know, everybody's fighting to, to try to get seen to try to get the, you know, the NBA under their, under their belt, not saying like Jared Jack and those guys don't want to, but they understand that, you know, this is their role is to um, be a supporting cast to, to those young guys, but they play well. So yeah, but I'll do wings. I'll, I'll cover like the, the top wing prospects in this draft.
0: Well oh, Kaminga to me has really looked good. Although, Jalen Green, I've heard, I've not seen any of his recent games. I've only seen uh, the highlights, but I haven't seen the games in full recently. I've only seen the games, uh, I think, two, three weeks ago when they first started their first couple ones. And to me, Kaminga stood out, but Jalen Green, I've heard, has come on strong.
1: Yeah, yeah, Kaminga's shooting is is a major issue. And so, um, and yeah, I mean, Kaminga, the first two games, he looked like the best player, definitely the first game the green has come on stronger and uh, some of the i don't want to call them weakness but some of the areas of concern he's done a good job of addressing and one of them was like passing and and just kind of playing in a team setting where he wasn't a high usage guy so i think that he's done a good job and he's he's helped himself i mean the top 5 in this draft in my opinion is already set yeah and
0: he just the order i think is a little bit in question outside of number yeah. 1 Kate Cunningham, I think, with that forty-point performance, kind of solidified
1: yeah, it for now. That, yeah, that, that was it. But yeah, so I think Green did a good job, and even even Kaminga. I mean, the thing is, you know, when you're still highly regarded, you you don't want your stock to fall. You know, at the worst, if you can maintain it or you can help it, you know, uh, improve. I think Mobley did. I think he was. Uh, I don't know if he was considered top five on everybody's board coming into the season. I think that. For the most part, he was, but he's definitely done a good job of making sure his stock didn't fall any. And so, yeah, I think picks two through five is going to be really interesting and going forward. But this is, I think, a, a pretty decent draft class.
0: I think it will be as well. I think there's some issues in the middle of the draft. I think right around the, the back end of the lottery, I think. There's still some question on who's going to fall there and is it going to be strong enough in that area? Because you're seeing a lot of rotational players now in this draft, which was much maligned that we're doing currently. You're seeing a lot of NBA players in the latter part uh, or back half of the round actually fill valuable roles for these teams on, on right now. So I'm hoping for the same thing for this upcoming draft. But before we head on out, my friend, please go ahead and give us one more mad pitch from the pitchman himself and i feel like a built bar right about now but please go ahead and let us know about what you're doing and all the great things at nba draft junkies dash radio and of course the locked on podcast network
1: yeah i have a lot going on you think just the the website then I, i got the youtube channel then i have the dash radio show every monday and then um The Locked On Network, I have two shows a week, Monday Monday and Thursday. I I chose to do two shows because I wanted the challenge and I wanted to just kind of push myself to be even better than I was last year. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I I haven't put out any videos this week, but the goal is to put out a video a day. And then once I kind of get caught up with the Locked On Network, then I'll be focusing my episodes on the players that I covered on my YouTube channel. I mean, well, I guess that's my plan, but now I'm in a different situation where, you know, you want ratings. And so I don't know if like six weeks from now, I'm doing three episodes on guys that are second round draft picks. I don't know if that's going to help my my numbers out. So I, I have to find a way to kind of, you know, balance out what I've been doing to also making it more so, I mean, ratings are, are are the thing now so you know before I had total creative control and I said I don't have control this time but you know if I would have did a draft you know a draft podcast with all second round picks and 18 people listen to it I, I I wouldn't have cared but now you know <laughs> it's it's a little bit more pressure
0: it is but I'm sure you're going to be able to handle it because you've been able to do a great job so far and the work you've already done for the Locked On Podcast Network is exemplary, and you should be proud of yourself because you've done a, a just a fantastic job. If people, you need to go ahead and check out his podcasts that are already on the Locked On Podcast Network under the Locked On NBA Draft banner. Please go ahead and check out Rafael Barlow there every week on Dash Radio, and of course, junkies.com and also on YouTube. That's what they, they remember when a long time ago when we were pushing the YouTube channel the most.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I still am just because if I can bring my, my YouTube followers to the dash platform, but if I can get all of Dash's audience to watch the videos that I make on YouTube, then that's definitely a win for me. And I was one of the main reasons I went ahead with the, with the deal simply because I feel like it could bring bigger, a bigger audience and a bigger platform to my YouTube channel.
0: Well, I'm wishing you the biggest audience possible, my friend. I'm, I am waiting until the day I can look behind you and see those YouTube plaques that they give you for hitting certain subscriber marks. I'm waiting for those days to come because I know it will be well-deserved and well-earned.
1: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully soon. Hopefully this is, uh, you know, something that happens this year. I mean, I, I'd have to get, like, what, I don't know, (laughs) 76,000 in the next few weeks to get to that point, and it's probably a million. I don't even know if they give you anything for 100,000. It's probably a million, so I I would need a whole lot to get to that point, but that's the goal. I just got to keep working towards it.
0: Absolutely, indeed. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies, also as well, Dash Radio, and, of course, the Locked On Podcast Network under the guise of the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Well, my friend, hopefully you will still have time for us, me, little people, the little tiny person that I am in the future. Hopefully, if I ask you to come back on, I'm not going to pressure you as much. I'm not going to ask you as much because I know your time is extremely valuable, but I'm hoping you'll be able to return to us at some point in the time on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast real soon.
1: Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a question. You hesitated. You hesitated. No, no. Just, all you have to do is just let me know when and I'll make it happen.
0: Hey, if you can't, because you're way too busy, that's perfectly understandable because just know from afar, I am so proud of what you've done, man.
1: Thank so. you. Thank you so much. I mean, I appreciate you helping me out and definitely going to have you on as, as a guest. So. Once you have time to really take a deep dive into this draft, because see, your team is good. So you don't have to worry about doing a podcast on Jalen Suggs and Kate Cunningham and Evan Mobley. You have to do a deep dive and figure out who is at the back end of the first round to really talk draft for the Lakers. So once you get time to do that right now, you know, your team is good. So, Unlike the, I did a podcast with the guy that he he has a Pistons podcast, and so it's already time to just focus on the draft because there's nothing left to play for in the season. So you still got time. So once you have time to really like come up with your mock drafts, I I will definitely, and I'm saying it live here on the Lakers Fast Break. I'll definitely have you on the Locked On Network.
0: Well, I would be honored to be a part of that. Challenge accepted, my friend. Challenge mm. accepted, indeed. Yep. Once again, it is Raphael Barlow. Please check him out today. NBA Draft Junkies, the Locked On Podcast Network, Dash Radio, and coming in the near future, who knows where else? There's only so much time in the day, but you know what? He's got to make sure it's all filled with great work on the NBA Draft. Well, My friend, it's been great talking to you once again, and I'm truly looking forward to bringing you back here as well sometime when you can right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.